independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Omar D. Brancato. Brancato is a musical chameleon, and he can be found writing, arranging, and recording band and theme park arrangements in his studio, ODB Studios. You can also find him on stage acting and playing bass simultaneously in the musical Buddy, the Buddy Holly story. And if that isn't enough, you just might find him putting on a little makeup and rocking out in grand style playing bass in techno industrial rock band Carbon 9. Welcome to Independence Day, Omar. Thank you, Mr. Armstrong. It's uh, it's excellent to have you here in front of me here in the meat locker on the campus of Pasadena City College. It's good to see you. It's been a while. It has. It's good. It, I got some layers on in here. <laughs> I think it's it's like David Letterman's studio in here. It's, it's It is. It's quite chilly. We won't be catching any. It's like a tour bus. Every time I've been out on the road, they keep the tour bus very, very cold to try to put, you know, try to put the kibosh on any bugs that might be breeding with all the sweaty dudes in the yeah, bus. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good theory. I've heard yeah. lots of stories about the uh, tour bands that are cold from Buddy Holly to, uh-huh. to Metallica, all that. Yeah, yeah, it's always cold. And I can remember, you know, it would be Tucson or Arizona in you know, late June. It would be a thousand degrees. You know, there'd be pools of liquid metal outside the bus, but in the bus, it would be like a meat locker. So again, I'm, I'm very, very happy to have you here. We're going to talk about a lot of different things in terms of the music business. You are a guy who makes your living full time in the music business one way or another. This is correct? Yeah. And how long, how long has it been? I mean, when, when, what was your last non-music job? Um, how far back do we have to go? Last century. We have yeah. to go last century. The last millennium. The last millennium, yeah, I can actually say that. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, let's see, the last gig, it was in high school, and, uh, oh, no, that's not true. I worked three months in 2000, what year, 2003. Oh, so it's not, the, it's, three. I lied, I it's forgot. It's not the last I'm, millennium sorry, at all, yeah. is it? In 2003, I worked for about three months at a Starbucks in nice. Hollywood. Um, I worked there for you know, a couple days a week here and there. And it sounds to me like you, you know, don't you have to work three to get the benefits or is it six? Like, it seems to me like you didn't even make it long enough I, to get the benefit. Yeah, I didn't package. get the benefits. I don't know. It was just one of those times where, where it you was... You missed the it, boat, man. Yeah. I, I needed a gig quick. And, uh, you know, it was one of those slow times where, where I got the job because they they wanted somebody who could talk to people yeah. and wasn't going to be affected by celebrities coming. It was, it was the one that, it was on, where was it? Can I say where it is? Sure. Yeah, it was on Sunset and La Brea. Yeah. And uh, we, we would get a lot of celebrities in there. And I, th- they wanted people that weren't going to be starstruck and can just be yeah. smart Alex or get the job done yeah. or, you know, whatever. So I did yeah. that. So I was there for a little while and then a very short while. And then I I left and got a gig and I was going to be gone for about six months. So I, I figured, well, maybe I should ask for a leave of absence because I'm going to be gone. And so I asked for one and my manager said, no, just leave. <laughs> go. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> just go get out of here and do your thing. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. So I never went back. Yeah. And you, well, you, and you didn't. Not by choice. You didn't have to. Well, yeah, that's true. That's good. So thank you. Thank you, Ms. Manager. And, well, you know, the funny thing, Starbucks isn't the worst place to work for someone who's kind of in a, in a transient way because... They do provide benefits for if you're a part-time worker. I mean, it would be hard to live on that wage. But, you know, right after college, my first job 
you know, after, <laughs> after, after too many years of undergraduate studies, I, I didn't, I was kind of looking for audio work and looking for music work. Um, this is in the Chicago area and ended up my first gig after college was working for Starbucks. And which is funny because to this day, I'm not a coffee drinker. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink coffee either. And and they had that when you yeah. get hired at Starbucks. You or go through least, Jedi training. Yeah. And they say you have to do this. And I'm like, I didn't even want to. I didn't drink coffee and I didn't want to. Yeah. So I refused to go to the school. And, wow. And they said, oh, OK, fine. So they let me get away with it. But I still got my free, I think, pound. a pound of coffee every yeah, week. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So I would just give it to other people. You know what I would do? We I, where my Starbucks was was on this corner in St. Charles, Illinois, and there was a St. Charles. Uh huh. There was a movie theater in the same little block, one of the older theater, like the oldest theater in St. Charles. Really cool old theater. And then across the street was a bar. And I would, you know, I mean, you get to know your 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 cronies because the people from the movie theater and the people from the bar would come in to get coffee, and you kind of got to know them. And we started this kind of like inside barter scenario, this barter economy. Where you know I would just give them my because I didn't had no use for a pound of coffee. What's it going to be ballast for me? So I would just give them my pound of coffee, and then you know when the new you know when like Pulp Fiction would roll through or whatever roll through the theater, I'd go and they just let me into the theater for that free. That is a good deal. Yeah, and then same for the like the bar across the street. You know, it wasn't so much that I would get free beer, but excuse me, the they would have lunch like you know you get tired of eating those starbucks sandwiches plus they charge you even even as an employee yeah that's and so lame so i would get like a, a gr grilled cheese and fries for for my pound of coffee or a couple of those so that's, it, a, that's a good deal that is smart that's smart yeah. business right there it's the barter economy yeah, man. Man. and you know in my at my day gig over at the other uh, kpcc the radio station down the road here we had the ceo of starbucks on just yesterday so I we're tying it i hope all, he's not listening now he's we're gonna be so mad we're tying it all together man we're tying it all together. So, but it, let's, let's get, you know, I guess this relates to music, but let's get back to the idea of what you're doing in the music business. So what, that was your first full-time gig, you said, in the industry. So what were you, what was that gig? What, what took you into the big time, man, to, to not have day gigs anymore? Um, well, actually, that gig, uh, I did a job at Disney. I was in a show in the Aladdin musical. They did an Aladdin musical there. It's still running now. It's uh, it's the movie version. I think it's about a 45-minute version of it. So I ended up getting that, um, and that uh, that was a nice gig. Benefits immediately. Disney, wow. yeah, I, I couldn't believe no, Dis Disney. No mustaches allowed, but you get No benefits. mustaches allowed, that's right. <laughs> but you get benefits right out of the gate. <laughs> You're not allowed to have facial hair of any kind. <laughs> Which is and funny because Walt, Walt himself did. had yeah, a mustache. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, those they make you go through this whole orientation too. All employees, yeah. no matter what, well, they, no matter they what implant that chip in your skull. I, I don't know if I can say this because th it was very lovely working there. Yeah, just in case I get another job, you know. Of course. Kind of no, uh, actually, it was great. Um, I did the show, and um, it, it was funny about the no the no facial hair because there was this guy who was hired. And he was to play the Sultan. And he had this, he looked awesome. And yeah. he had this perfect facial beard, and they made him shave it. And then put on a fake one every yeah, day. Yeah, he put on a fake one. And the director was so mad. He goes, Why'd you shave your beard? Because it looked amazing. It was, yeah. Un yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was a gig that helped me out a lot. And from there, I got, um, I was there for about seven months. And then from there, I got on to Peter Pan did a tour for Peter Pan and then I was gone for almost three years and that helped out and yeah yeah and then I ended up back in LA after that and so did you 
you know, I, I want to bring it fast forward just a little bit to to the band that you play with, you know, pretty regularly. You know, you're kind of a regular member of this band, Carbon Nine. Yeah, I'm the bass player. And I think I, I describe them as like techno industrial. Uh, I don't know, metalish, popish metal, maybe. I mean, how how what, what would you call it? You know what? I don't know what to call it. I call it rock. Yeah, I call it hard rock. I mean, some people yeah, call rocky. it industrial. Some people call it metal. Some people call it. I, I don't know what to call. It. It's you know fun. And I've got. Yeah. I've got it. I know exactly what you guys are. Oh, you guys are Ethernet rock. Because you go Ethernet see your shows rock. and you've got like all these. If, if you haven't seen a Carbon Nine show, uh, those of you out there and my legion of fans, go see a Carbon Nine show because if if you loathe the music, which you probably won't, but if you if you don't like the music. Plug your ears and just watch the show because these guys bring video screens and robots. And I, I once saw you guys had chicks in like we, we phone a, booth looking things. Well, and, we have a very theatrical show. Yeah. And every, everything we do actually has a, a, a deeper meaning. So all our songs are connected and everything is there's yeah. this underlying storyline going through. So it's not just random stuff. So if, you, if you're really paying attention, even the videos, even our videos, if you look at it, there's all these details in it and they all connect we actually talk about all this stuff and we have this all these things work lots out. of so, pre-production lots and lots of pre-production we do it ourselves we everything's yeah. in-house so it's all it all it all meshes together and really here's my well. question i've asked you this before but i just want to know when the robot's going to be back because to me that was the most that was the, the coolest thing that i saw you guys do <laughs> i mean I musically it's, it's all separate but like you it was like the, it looked like the loader from aliens this big giant industrial looking robot that I mean it all it, did, it couldn't really even dance it just kind of walked out and like moved its arms a little bit and it's, walked uh, backstage yeah. but that was really badass yeah we get a lot that's Lucy we get a lot a lot of comments on on that and she she makes an appearance every yeah. once in a while we it, can't we can't tell you every time she's coming but she, yeah, when she comes you, it makes yeah, it yeah you, you have know. to leave the audience wanting more and preserve the element of mystery yeah so I mean we'll, we'll dive back into all the different things that you do in the music business to earn a living which uh, to say that sentence sounds fantastic in my mouth sounds fantastic in my ears uh, probably not half as much as it does to you. Sounds you know, pretty damn good over here. Exactly what I'm saying. So, but I want to touch. I want to give people a point of reference. I'm going to play a track from um, Carbon Nine. I believe this first track is the Bull, which is the title track, correct, from the most recent record you guys have out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's roll with this. This on Independence Day. This is the Bull from Carbon Nine. I'll be on and on my thoughts I'll command 
Carbon 9 on Independence Day, and we are in the studio with Omar D. Brancato. He is the bass player and arranger, and he does some other stuff for them, too. They are based in Los Angeles, and they are a turbo rock band. I am, <laughs> yeah. I am here with I'm here with Omar D. Brancato, and uh, we're very happy to have him. He's a guy who makes his living in the music business, so kids, pay attention. This is how it's done. First of all, I have to say, Turbo Rock, I've never heard us described like that, but that's awesome. I, I mean, want to use that. That's, than, that. that's the best I've ever heard. Better than Ethernet Rock? Better than Ethernet, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, I've heard, what have I heard? I've heard Extreme Alternative Rock. Somebody yeah. created that, but I like I like Turbo Rock, man. Turbo, I, I got to tell the guys that. <laughs> We're Turbo Rock. Turbo Rock, man. It sounds like it sounds like the deal to me. I mean, I've seen you guys play a couple times. So yeah, it sounded like that worked. Look at we've got Perfect. look at us, man, working the controls here just like real people. Yeah, sorry, sorry, listeners, I have a little cold. I'm getting over that thing. So yeah, it, well, I, I tested the cough button there and it worked. Well, I think it's you know this is kind of like the cold and flu season where we're kind of stuck between seasons. Even in Los Angeles, believe it or not, we do have seasons and people do get sick. And I've, I've I had a terrible, terrible cold this past Christmas time, but I'm over that now. Moving forward, days are getting warmer. Rain coming in this weekend, but after that. Yeah, we're yeah. in like Flynn. You do weather here, also. You're like a full, Who, full-fledged radio station. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it's I good, do. Man. Let's check it out. I've got my computer right here. Let's see. This weekend, we're looking at uh, rain tomorrow. Let this thing update. Yeah, and then you know, a little bit of rain maybe Friday too. And then, Are you, you know, serious right now? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, right here. It's my oh, little that's widget. Awesome. It's my little widget right there. Widgets. I look I'm, at that all the time at home. I know it's pathetic. Apple geeks too. On top of everything else. I know all so, of us. I digress. We have Omar D. Brancato. He's in the studio tonight, and I am Joe Armstrong. I am your host on Independence Day tonight and every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And uh, from time to time, we'll have some special edition shows. We just taped a show last night with uh, John Convertino. From, he's the drummer from the band Calexico. They do a lot of soundtrack work, you know, kind of like one of those really big-time indie bands or small-time big bands. They're kind of tucked right in there. But uh, great, great band. We had a great conversation. So we'll be getting that to you as soon as possible. But Omar's with us tonight, and we've got a lot to talk about. Because as I keep saying, you make your living full-time in the music business. You don't wear a tie. You don't punch a clock. You don't wear... You don't iron your clothes unless you just want to, <laughs> or you feel a sudden need to iron your clothes. I try and fold them immediately out of the dryer, and yeah. then I don't need to iron them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were to see, if you were to see Omar, I think I've seen you. You're wearing your Cubs hat today. You have an array. Of course, of, you have an yeah. array of these hats. You're a Chicagoan by by birth and by by trade. Yes, and a Cubs fan by blood. By by death. Yeah, that too. What's what's the record now? How are we doing? The, well, they're in front of the Cardinals. That's all I have to know. We got uh, <laughs> the Reds are undefeated. They're four zero. So it goes Reds, Pirates, Cubs, uh, then Cards, and Houston is. <laughs> Oh, and four. I, what I, one of the things I love about you, you know, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a kind of a, I won't say I'm a fair weather <laughs> Cubs fan, but I'm, I'm definitely a Cubs fan. But I've, I'm, I've, I don't have time to watch them if all they're going to do is lose. I've got other things to do. Now, come so on now. They're, anytime they're, they're I want, winning more than they're losing so far. You know, but that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. You are my connection. You know, when I talk to you, I'm like, hey Omar, how are the Cubs doing? And I, you can without even without a blinking an eye. You can just rip it off and tell me exactly what they're doing, not where they're standing is, who's ahead of them. You know, do you, I mean, were you a guy that like kept scorecards when you were a kid? Like, um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily keep scorecards, but there was a time when I knew every single stat, every player, every number. I, I don't know that now. I don't know every, it's hard to watch the games. I don't get WGN where I am. WGN is where right. the Cubs are. 
that's their station Chicago, in Chicago. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a legacy Chicago TV it, station, yeah. independent station before there were other independent stations. Right. But it's spread out. I mean, WGN right. is all over. There are, I right. think, some places in California that do that WGN does air, but I don't have it where I am. So it's harder to see it. I usually have to go online. And I gotta like just kind of right. watch the game and update stats and what. And I have some apps on my phone and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, they're good. I'm gonna go see them. They're they're playing the Dodgers, May second, third, fourth. I'm Los, going. Los Doyers. Yeah. Watch out for those people in the parking lot, man. That's a bad scene over there. Oh, uh, no, it's not too bad. I've never had problems. Well, you heard what happened just this last on opening day. Some no. Guy what? was in a coma. Why? They play the Dodgers played the Giants, and a Giants fan was in the parking lot and got himself beat to the point where he's in intensive care. He's in a coma. No, see, that's the, just not cool. It's not that, necessary, how does that, man. How does that help the Dodgers fans in any way? How does it help anybody? Yeah. Highly, highly uncool. Well, that's what's my warning to you. Just be careful if you go there. You know, it's people get heated. These are all rivalries. I, I know but people like to get boozed and, uh, you know, fight about stupid things. And, you know, we fought that's about stupider things. But just, just yeah. watch yourself. All right. That's all Thank you. Well, hopefully since they're different, different divisions, maybe they won't be as personal. Yeah. You know. Who yeah, who knows? Well, anyway, let's let's bring you to right, yeah. when you're not watching baseball, you're making music. And what would you say is the thing that pays the most of your income? Because I know you do arranging, I know you do some recording, you do audio engineering. Uh, is it Universal that you do? We work through daytime over in Studio City. Is that where you do your? Yeah, I do a lot of work over there. Okay, too, so tell yeah. me, you know, what's your, what's your biggest breadwinner? What's your what's your thing? Where's where's most of your bread come from? Um, residuals. That's that res, residuals and royalties, really, because. But is that for arranging stuff, stuff that you've arranged? That's or? for either stuff I've written or arranged, or um, yeah, because what I've written a lot of shows that um, that people will do, right? So every time you do a sh like a live show, every time you use my music to, every time you do the show, I get a check. Uh -huh. So when you're doing eight shows a week for a few months. Right. When Fiesta um, Texas does your Marilyn Monroe show, for example. Right. right. That's a big theme park in, in San Antonio. You get a big check. I get, um, yeah, well, not necessarily for that. That's different because that's an, that's an arrangement that that was more of a buyout. Okay. Yeah, but for other shows that I've... Did Fiesta Texas do your show? No. Okay. I've never heard of them, but <laughs> Fiesta Texas, if you want to... I think it's maybe Six Flags Over Texas now. <laughs> it's like this fiefdom of it, it's not important. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing that I learned. I do a lot of work. I get, I, get, um, I get a lot of buyouts. Like, the theme park stuff is mostly buyouts. I do a lot of arrangements okay. for, for theme parks. They have a lot of shows in theme parks. Universal has a ton because all their shows are based... Their theme is that they're based on they're the largest movie studio and theme park in the world. So all their shows are based on movies or TV shows. Anything that Universal NBC or NBC Universal has ever done, past, present, or possibly future. So you know they even have stuff for Hop already, and I don't think Hop is out yet. I think no, it comes out. Came out oh, last is week. Okay. Well, they've been out for a while. So they, have, for instance, the Marilyn Monroe show. Marilyn comes out. She's got four girls that we call the Diamond Dolls. Originally, because the show started, they sang "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend," so that's how they called it that. And the shows change. So I'm always the show's constantly changing all the time. Those are more buyouts. They actually have the rights to those songs. They say, "Hey, we're going to do." A show with this, um, I'll arrange it along with Stacy Quinlty, who's also in Carbon Nine, lead singer. We do uh -huh. a lot of work on that. Uh, Dan Mohica directs it and choreographs it. 
We all get together, we figure out what's going on, whatever, blah, 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 and we do it, and that's it. That's more of just a buyout. It's a nice buyout, I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. And throw, then, throw, throw a number out, just like, or a range. I'd, I'm just, just, I'm kind of curious. Like, just, oh, I'll, I don't, range, I'm like, not even going to talk about no, no, man. Nothing? Nothing? No, no. no numbers. Yeah, I'm, I'm paid. More than 10 grand. <laughs> I'm paid well enough where yeah. I don't feel like I'm getting gypped. And I'm happy to do it again the next year because yeah. they change the show all the time. It's a but it's a one time, it's like it's a one time check. Yeah, it's a buyout. They basically use it for the summer, okay. and then then they have a show in the winter that I've been doing for a couple of years. Also, same team, same group of people, um, and that's for uh, yeah. uh, Santa, Mrs. Claus, the Santa Claus movies. You know, with Tim. Right. So they do that, and then. You know, it's the same thing. And then the next summer, then they do another show. And there's an, you know, they keep adding shows. And, and I'm, I'm lucky enough where they, they hire me to do it. I actually get hired. I don't get hired directly by Universal Studios. It's a, it's a roundabout way. I started a company, O2B Studios. Universal Studios actually hires Interface Entertainment. And Interface Entertainment hires my company. So it's... it's Sounds it's, simple. It's, yeah, it, it's a roundabout way, but it's, uh, it's just, yeah. You get paid. The cash, the checks clear. I get, yeah. I'm getting hired, and you, and you don't, no, and you can yeah. work in your underwear. I can. I've done that before. <laughs> I've done that. I've tracked. I've tracked bass parts in my studio at my place. The ba- in my boxers. Instruments are cold though when you're when you're playing. You know, the times like I, I I like sit on my porch and just play my guitar of an evening, and you know it, 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 the instruments can be cold. Yeah, it, it can be, but you know, you get if it's an electric bass and you got the boxes, you just prop it right on their thigh so it's warm. You got you know the heat of the of all the interfaces and everything. You try yeah. and get it warm. You know, I like I like it warmer when I'm when I'm recording as opposed okay. to cold. So is this buyout? Is that your biggest thing? Your biggest breadwinning? Your biggest income? Or did you say what was the other thing you were talking about? There was another way that you got paid the, through this. Oh, so residuals, residuals. And royalties. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, this I, is from what? Tell me the situation. Well, I used to, uh, uh, I was a music director of a show, of a company, a theater company in Chicago called Alphabet Soup Productions, and they're still there, they're still running strong. Um, and while I was there, I started writing shows also. So we would take classic spins. It's like Warner Brothers. It's awesome. I love it. Mark Pence is the, is, uh, uh, the main writer of it. He writes the shows and directs it, and uh, he's insane. I love his writing. It's it's very fun. He'll take classic fairy tales and twist them so the kids love them, but the adults love them too. So when you're going to see the show, it's live. Uh, sometimes it's almost an introductory to theater for kids, but it's adults doing the performance. It's for it's for kids, um, but kids love it and adults love it, and it's that weird weird thing that that spans the the whole demographic. So people love it. Um, and anyway, yeah, so I just write the music and the lyrics for that. I started doing that. So every time they do a show, even now that I'm not there, they recycle the shows once in a while. You know, I'll, I just start getting royalties. And I've done, I was there for years, so I wrote a lot of shows. And it helps out, you know, when they start doing, at one point I had three shows running at the same time. So I'd just be getting checks. And that's not, a, that's it's, not, a, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home getting checks. You're, it's great. you're opening your mailbox. It's, you're getting paid to open your mailbox, which is a really, really great that's thing. Right, yeah. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, I did. Um, I sang on the new 90210. I was on an episode. They were doing uh, um, a musical. I don't know if you watched the show, but. <laughs> Are you really asking me that <laughs> yeah. question? Omar? I'm sure nobody listening watches anyway. <laughs> 
Okay. So so Brenda, who is Shannon Doherty, she comes back and she's the director of a musical. They're doing Spring Awakening. I was in the cast of Spring Awakening. I wasn't a regular cast member, but I was in. So you were on screen though. Yeah, I was on the screen actually singing and and dancing and flopping around on stage. So so I get royalties for that stuff too because you know we went to the studio to record it and we did we lip synced to ourselves. You know, so we did that, and then so every time that airs, I get some royalties there too. It's it's not a bad, not it's a bad nice way. work if you can get it, man. Yeah, it's great. Although that was literally hard because I think my call was, I don't know what time my call was. My call was like five p.m. on a Friday, and I didn't get released till nine a.m. on Saturday. I'm crying for you, man. Yeah, it was <laughs> it's tough. a rough, it was tough. rough life to <laughs> to do that for a night, and then you know, well, I get no get sympathy checks. from you. Uh, uh. I had to shave, like, I had to shave right before I went on because it started growing through again. I was playing a high school kid. This was a couple years ago. There was a kid in my high school who had a full full beard, I think, by, like, sophomore year. Like, you know, those of us who were trying to get beer, I mean, he was, like, the go-to guy because he he looked like he was 35. I think he was 17. That was crazy. That didn't happen to me, but all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. My hair's black, so it just peaks through. Mike Bendur, if you're out there, man, I hope hope maybe you're, like... uh, was the Brad Pitt movie where you got younger? Oh, Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Button. I hope you're like yeah. Benjamin Button. Maybe you look like 17 now because, you know, he said yeah. that he looked like old, like like decrepit old, but he definitely looked older than the rest of us did at that time. But would you recognize him if he shaved? Oh, that's a good question. The other distinct thing about him that I remember was he always wore just like a, like a denim jacket. It would be like 17 degrees outside, and he would just be wearing his denim Levi's jacket, which I never well, yeah. I never did understand that. Even in our, even the, as a person who grew up in that climate, didn't quite get it. He's a cool guy, man. Yeah. He's a rebel. That's that's true. So let's play something else. I, you know, We've been talking a lot about your arranging stuff, but the stuff that people might see you, like the folks out in commerce might see the most, maybe with car, is with Carbon 9. You know, People who are out in the rock and roll universe, the rough and tumble Los Angeles rock scene let's play another track from carbon nine this is also from the bull i believe this is the track i'm not broken is that correct yep anything you can tell about this song at all i mean did you what would no with carbon nine do you arrange with them i mean i know you're the bass player but like you remember talking to you at one point where you you saying you're the musical director or like what's your role with this band other than being the lowly bass player what the lowly bass player how dare you (laughs) all bass players you're going to be getting letters from bass players um I, I, we don't really arrange the stuff because everyone in the band is very creative and we kind of all bring our own thing. I guess I'm not really the music director, but I, I do have experience in that. So I kind of bring that to the band. That's something I bring to the table. But we all, we all just kind of throw our thing in, yeah. you know? I mean, it's it's hard it's hard for anyone to say he arranges a word. Like Darwin's a guitarist, he'll come up with these awesome riffs, and then Maddie will come up with these things. Maddie is the drummer, and Maddie and I will work together. And we'll come up with these rhythms that will work together, but at the same time complement the rest of the song. So it's hard to right. say who's arranging. We're all kind of just throwing all our stuff in in it. But who brings in the seeds of these tunes? Is it <laughs> Stacy? I mean, who's like the the progenitor of ideas, or do you guys well, just kind of jam through something until something gels? No, this. The CD, the music's written differently. We we we're not a jam band at all. Well, I don't mean are, like yeah, yeah. I don't mean it's, like get together and play dead covers. Uh, I mean like <laughs> dead and fish. Yeah. Do you? I guess that's. Is it something that happens organically, or does someone bring in the seed and then you kind of develop it from that? Everybody one? would bring the seed. This song uh, was written by Darwin and Stacy. So actually, uh, the last two songs, Darwin wrote the music for it, and uh, um, Stacy wrote uh, the lyrics. Okay. Yeah, and then we just kind of, they, they get credit for it, it's their song, and then we just add the magic to it. 
And then we all just kind of bring ourselves and see That's, what happens. That sounds fantastic. Let's hear some of that <laughs> yeah, magic now, yeah, shall we? Sure. This is the track. Uh, this is Independence Day this Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, 7, 8 p.m. My name is Joe Armstrong. I'm your host. I am here with Omar D. Brancato. He's from the band Carbon 9, as well as a lot of other cool stuff in the music business. And this is the track, I'm Not Broken, from their most recent record, The Bull.
Yeah, I get it. He's not broken either, right? <laughs> That's the track, I'm Not Broken, from Carbon 9 on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host tonight until 8 and every Wednesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. here on Lancer Radio. You can listen to us on 89.1 FM if you happen to be in the greater Pasadena Metroplex or more than likely you are streaming this on lancerradio.org where our, our legion of fans exists out there in the internet radio universe and we can see you out there and thank you very much for listening i've got we've got people listening in the central time zone they could theoretically listen to they could be in australia they could be anywhere that's true and that's cool you know we this internet radio thing it's it's kind of different uh, and we, we we dig it you know it's 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 a new way to communicate and yeah. i like i like to think of the people in australia listen that's yeah. cool. I like the fact that, um, you know, when they flush the toilet, it goes the other way because it's underneath the equator. <laughs> you know what, man? When I, was, when I was there, I, I, it's funny because I, I, I took pictures of that very thing because I'd always read that the, 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 the whirlpool goes the other way. And I filled the tub up with water and did it there. And I took pictures of it. But, like, it's a still picture. So yeah. you can't really see what the if it's any different. And even then, I'm like, well... Which direction does it go up in the northern hemisphere? Like I've been yeah. here my whole life. I don't even think about it anymore. It goes, uh, I think, clockwise up here, right? And well, that's exactly my point. Your comma right is my exact point. Like, which way does it really go? Uh, and, it, and is it? Does it matter? Anyway, in any case, I digress once again. This is Omar Di Brancato. He's a musician. He's an arranger. He's a composer. He's an actor. He's a bass player. He's a Cub fan. He's a lot of things. And these Cubs are all fan. these are all Cubs very fan. important. So that is a couple tracks. We played one before from Carbon 9, which is kind of the, the main rock thing that you're doing, the popular music thing that you're doing. And what are you guys doing anything soon? Are you playing anywhere soon? Any, any gigs coming up? Uh, we got some stuff working on right now. We have some music going into a movie called Monster Heroes, which uh, actually the, the lead singer and I and another guy, Richard Heights, who's the original guitarist of Carbon 9. He's no longer the guitarist, but he was before. Uh, we're we're all scoring a movie uh, together, which is original music, but there are a couple segments that we're gonna throw in some carbon nine. Is this a documentary or is this a feature film? No, it's a mockumentary feature. Uh, it's a mockumentary feature. It's a, a comedy feature mentory. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, something. When will might happen. that see the light of day or the dark of a theater? Um, I don't know. Before I the end of the year, maybe. I think they're going for uh, the next. Um, the next Oscar cycle? <laughs> yeah. No, they're going for the next uh, in Utah. Why can't I think of what oh, it's called? Oh, Sundance. I can't believe I f- couldn't think of Sundance. They're going for Sundance, which I think has to be in by November. I yeah, think it's got to be late deadline. this year, the, su- the submission deadline, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, but I think it's in end of January, February of next year. So we'll see what happens. Nice. The movie process, it's a long Yeah, it really long is. Process. You think making an album is tough? Try making a movie. I know. I know. It's like an album on top of a movie, on top of a like a toddler, like a room full of toddlers. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a fiasco. Well, we we saw the rough cut in November of last year. Last year, yeah. And we're still we don't even have the final cut yet. We're still we're writing stuff. We have other cuts, but it's not even locked yet. It's a long, yeah. Lots of special effects. It's crazy. And any live shows coming up? <laughs> not wow. right, not right now because we're working so much on this, and there's okay. there, yeah. Our focus is on this. We're like, yeah. We'll wait for the live shows. One of these days. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the other ways that you make money. I'd like to play, maybe we won't play all of this. We're going to play some of this. This is uh, from the Universal Studios Hollywood Marilyn Monroe show. How long ago, this is uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. How long ago did you score this? Uh, this was arranged, I don't remember. This was three years ago, maybe? Yeah. I don't even know. Does it still run? It uh, well, the show's ever changing. So every year it's different. So they have a Marilyn is Monroe. Is it fully, fully new? 
Or like, does it carry elements forward from prior shows? No. Well, no, it changes every year. Every, every year it's okay. completely new. But the, Which the, means another track for you. Yeah, that's true, which is not bad. So I like the change. Um, but it's a short show. I mean, there's only three songs in the whole show. You know, Marilyn Monroe, she enters on a big convertible 57 Chevy with four girls that we call the Diamond Dolls. They drive in, you know, they come out and they entertain the audience and all this stuff. Does, she, does she favor Marilyn pretty well? You know what? Here's the deal. And did they make they, her shave off her mustache? <laughs> Here, This is weird. Okay, because we're dealing with estates, Marilyn Monroe's estate, we are not allowed to have a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. It's actually Marilyn Monroe, and we strip her vocals from other arrangements, and then we have to do some pitch shift and time constraints, water, blah, blah, blah. But everything else we have to add in. So you'll hear... Yeah, it's crazy. I wish I wish we were allowed to have a live singer, but we're mm-hmm. not allowed to. So, so do the, you have a, an actress lip syncing the her parts? We then? have an actress lip syncing, but then we have the other vocals that we do ourselves. Everything else okay. we do ourselves. Okay. But the actual person you hear singing the Marilyn Monroe track is Marilyn Monroe. Interesting. But everything else. Well, let's was, yeah. Let's hear a little bit of that. Like I said, we may follow this. We may we fade this out halfway through because it's, I think it's about two and a half or two ish minutes long. Two oh six, I think. So let's play. This is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. This was fully arranged by you. This was uh, yeah. This was arranged by me, and then it was mixed by Stacy Quinalty. Okay, cool. So let's hear a little bit of this. This is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from the Universal Studios Hollywood Marilyn Monroe Show. Okay, and that is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, or at least part of it. And you said that's actually Marilyn Monroe's vocals on that. That's really Marilyn. Yeah, we, we have to use Marilyn Monroe's vocals. We are not, the estate does not allow, does not allow an impersonator in the songs. Uh-huh. When she's talking, you're allowed to impersonate her. But if it's a song, if it's one of her songs, you are not allowed to impersonate her. You have to use the real Marilyn Monroe. What if she's banging the president? Do they have to, do they have to use a stand-in for that, too? <laughs> Can we say that on the air? I think we can. I don't know. We'll have to ask. It's, it's guerrilla radio. We'll have we to ask them. We, yeah, I'm not sure about the rules of that. We, we can do what we please. Well, I mean, te- well technically, of. it's a performance, so maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find the estate. In the yeah. parlance of our times. Yeah. So, but that now, okay, so that's something you get a check for, and they do this show every year, and they kind of redo it a little bit, and you get paid to write that arrangement. So that's something you did in ODB Studios, is that correct? Yeah. All that I, stuff? 
I do that in Notobe Studios, which is just the name of my my company, and yeah. you know, uh, basically, we. And you're get, a you're a Pro Tools guy. Right? I'm a Pro Tools guy. I also have Logic, but I I'm a Pro Tools guy. That's that's me. Um, so even if if you're using Logic, I would take those files and mix it in Pro Tools, just because I think, uh, as far as mixing capabilities, Pro Tools has more of an edge. Yeah, you know that's this, what I prefer. This is the tech talk portion of the show where we really no. geek out and talk about interfaces and sample rates and bit depth and stuff like that. Awesome, awesome. And you, you're you like you're like a Pro Tools Jedi because you went to Pro Tools like Jedi Academy, right? Uh, yes, I did. I I graduated Jedi Jedi Academy Academy, Academy. Cum Laude Magnum Cum I don't Pro know. Tools. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm a Jedi. I mean, I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty confident in what I do. There's a lot of people that, that there's a lot of people that are really good at it, and a lot of people that are really bad. Yeah. And it, but mostly you hear about the people that are really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that's that's the thing about audio and being having been a live engineer. If the only time that they notice you're there is when you're not doing your job correctly. Yep, that is so true. That's so true about audio. If you notice, if you're if anyone's ever watching a movie and you notice the sound, it's not good. Right. You screwed you should, it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you don't, which is why it's hard for, for a lot of audio guys to get respect. They're, they're on the bottom of the totem pole when they really should be right up there with the editor of the film. Because, you know, the editor, they do all these cuts and people are noticing editing. But yeah. you, don't, you don't really notice the editing of the audio because you're not supposed to. It's our job yeah. to be invisible, which is a compliment. But at the same time, kind of a slap in the face when yeah. people don't. You've got don't. A, you've got a lot of kind of like thankless like work. Like being the bass player is like the, I, I think the bass player is a very very important aspect of the band. It's the glue that holds the whole band together, which is why every time I hear the White Stripes, I feel like something's missing. There's a lot of other bands that do that style too, and that's cool. It's very raw, whatever. But I miss that when that element is gone. I, I distinctly miss that. There's a big hole in the music. So, but as a bass player and as a guy who does this kind of music, like you know, do you get your name like in a program <laughs> or like when people go to see the show? Do they have any idea whatsoever that there was a guy named Omar D. Brancato involved? No, no, but that's okay because they're not supposed to. When it comes to Universal Studios and all theme parks, it's all about the the. They're seeing Marilyn Monroe. Right. You don't even know who plays Marilyn Monroe. It's Marilyn Monroe. That's it. If, yeah. if somebody asks for her autograph, she's going to sign it, Marilyn. And there's, and I, a, there's an end of it. Yeah. But but I think that's okay because that's kind of the we're, – we're fooling – we're not really fooling the adults. But, you know, you want to <laughs> fool the people. You go to yeah. Disney, and if they go up and they see Aladdin walking down the street, he's Aladdin. He will yeah. always be Aladdin. And that's how he signs it because yeah. that's who he is to them, and that that's kind of what's going on. And and I think that's all right. I, it's the magic of Hollywood, man. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't matter if if uh, you know the person from Utah knows who did it. For me, is like like I'll go and watch a show, and they're like laughing or they're enjoying it, and that's cool. All I know is that if they're enjoying it, that means, uh, and you know. NBC Universal is going to be happy with what they got. So when they get a new show, they're going to want us back. Right. And really, and, that's yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. And you, and you get your check. And I get the check. It's all about uh, it's all about being able to do what you love yeah. and being able to pay your bills. That's exactly yeah. it. That's the that's that's where the rubber beats the road, man. That's yeah. the, that's the the real real deal is getting paid to do what you love. Yeah. So what uh, I want to play a little bit of something else, and we'll talk some more about it. This is uh, this is uh, the opener from this is actually from on the Hong Kong MGM show. 
How uh, on earth did you get hooked up with a show in Hong Kong? Is it through, through the theme park business or what? Yeah. You know what? This is weird because I've never met this producer. I never saw the show. Nothing. It was completely done internet. Pay no attention to that man behind yeah. the curtain. It was weird. I, seriously, to this day, I've, I don't even know what he looks like or what he sounds like because everything was done through email and through, you know, just sending files. Technology is amazing. But I'm imagining like this reclusive, like Darth Vader figure in this like 1200 foot tall tower. I, he could be. <laughs> it is the craziest. Or she. Yeah, that's right. It was the craziest job. And I would just get parameters saying it needs to be this long or this short or it hap- happens here or this or this or that, whatever. And yeah. all these crazy parameters on this many count, you know, choreographers talking eights. So which are th- bars or measures, right? Yes. It, well, as a musician, we would say four. Like if you're in, in four, four, like one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, right. that's, that's three measures. But Dancers would go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they're learning in eights. So two eights are really. I, that's boring. why all those dancers that I know, all those girls, we just can't. It's four and eight, man. Yeah, it's weird. So if you're if you're that in a makes, group and you go one, two, all, three, four, it's all clear to me now. Yeah, it's weird. So you get Our all relationships this stuff. were doomed from the start. It happens, man. It's it's tough. You're ready to go. You're ready to go after four, and they're just prepping. They're just prepping until eight. It's weird. Kids these days. Kids these days. Let's leave it. Let's play a little bit of this. We're probably not going to listen to this whole thing as well. This because it's about three minutes long. We want to get to talking to some more stuff with Omar. This is the opener from Omar's uh, Hong Kong MGM show, and you scored this, and you did a lot of. You played some live instruments too, probably some bass, maybe. Yeah, and actually, uh, we did a lot of pre-recorded vocals on this, which I did a bunch of tra- bunch of the vocal tracks on this. I, so your your voice is on this too? Yeah, so I orchestrated this whole thing and and um and uh, I sang a lot and again Stacy Stacy and I work together all the time. Yeah. We keep each other working. His company, my company working. So that, that's the secret. That's the secret everybody. Work with people you like and know that are good and that you can work with well. Yeah. And they so, keep getting your work. Yeah, so he mixed this one. All right, sweet. This is the opener from the Hong Kong MGM show and we will talk to you in just a second or so. This? Oh, it. That sounds like a good place to break that. It's perfect. It's moving into the second act in Sonata Allegro form. It is. That's when the... Uh, the, the oh, hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. That was, the, that was one of the parameters that I was talking about. They gave me a parameter that said it had to be three minutes long, right? 
Now, of course, it ends up being, I think, 304 or something because they I like... Have, well, I have 313 on my thing here total. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it ended up getting longer. The original arrangement was three. They liked it. We added some stuff in the beginning. Um, but for instance, they said after the whole AABA section, they were like, okay, then we're going to go to an, a dance break and there's a, a female... She does eight counts of eights, really, really light, fluffy turns and stuff like that. Like, I would get an email like that. So I had to go, okay. I'll you had to write light, fluffy light, music fluffy, to, yeah. to facilitate the light, fluffy turns. Exactly. Even though I have no idea what visually is happening, I have to write music that will complement the visuals. That's the thing about this. When you write music for shows, you're watching the show, and the music has to complement what's happening visually to the audience. But in this case, I had no idea what was happening, so it was kind of fun. Yeah. It was crazy. Flying so had, blind, man. Yeah. Had to do that. And then they said, oh, and then the guy's going to come come in and do jump. So we want something manly. They actually wrote manly for the man part. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, it's, you know, which is funny because you're dealing with musical theater. Yeah. And yet the thing you have to write somehow in the realm of musical theater with the tools at your disposal has to be manly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just did a lot of low brass, like French horns and trombone, fanfare stuff. And then... Yeah. Military sounding stuff. Maybe a march with the snare. That is. Yeah. All that stuff. And then what they do? Oh, then they had a pot to do with a girl and a guy doing a bunch of lifts and all this stuff and kick line and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Okay. So, and what's the turnaround time? You know, I mean, I know some things are a lot longer than others and the longer the, you know, the longer the finished track is, the longer you need to score. But like, what's an average turnaround time for something for one of these shows? Like from, from the time that you get the call or the email to the time that you deliver the product? You know what? That's funny. I've never had an average. I've had something that says I need it in two days. And somebody said, eh, I don't need it for two months. It all depends. But I'll tell you this, the, the, the more time that I have to do it, the less it will cost you. That's, yeah. that's pretty much how it works. What's that ratio, cheap, fast, or good? Yeah, I have a triangle that I put in my studio, and at each point, at one point, it says fast, at one point, it says cheap, right. and at one point, it says good. Exactly. And I say pick two. You can have two of the three. You can have cheap and fast, but it won't be good. Good and fast, and it won't be cheap. Good and cheap, but it won't be fast. Right, exactly. And with that, yeah. let's listen to it a little bit more. I mean, I know we're probably... We're inundating our audience with musical theater tonight, but you know we we are in Los Angeles. You know we're we're trying to touch that that you know, untapped like actor demographic that we know hey is man, out the, there. A gig's a gig. A gig's a gig. So this is also from that Marilyn Monroe show. This is like the finale, and this is this is really short. So let's just kind of let's lay this on us. This is probably about thirty seconds or so. Let's roll this. Go Sopranos. <laughs> That's right. That, those were, uh, that was Angela Papello and Suzanne Spinoza. Your friend and mine. That's dear, right. We love you, Suze, if you're out there in Radioland, and I know you are. Yeah, we did that a while ago. And, uh, and me. 
You're singing the soprano part? I was singing some of it, yeah. You know, sometimes you need a little... Sometimes I'll sing something in my register just just as a hint, and then sometimes I'll double it in... In falsetto? Yeah, just to... It's a good trick. I've I've done stuff like that before. It works out. You know, when you... Because sometimes it's 4 a.m., and you need an extra part, and you're sure as hell not going to call Sue up and have her come over and lay down a track at 4 in the morning. So you just do what you do. Yeah, so... And but that but that's the other thing is I mean how many of these instruments on these tracks are virtual anyway as opposed to actual tracks like the drum parts I'm assuming are virtual drums the drum well They're the samples, drums right the or, drums are samples but we play them on a kit do like we we'll play them on a kit so you get that human feel as much as possible do you have like a MIDI kit in your house I don't but Stacy does okay. yeah so we'll do that um, and then once you play them, then you have it. Then you can kind of change the sound, do virtual instruments. Because the thing is, I would love to have 100% real instruments. It's always better to get the human thing. But there's not a lot of money. So we use things like, I use a Vienna. If you've ever heard of Vienna, it's it's amazing. It's the greatest thing. I mean, they use it a lot for movies anyway, John Williams, Giacchino. Uh, what is it Elfman. exactly? Tell me what it is. It's basically a sample, but a full sample of of immense quality it's it's ginormous many 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 gigs um of samples of every instrument every velocity every volume you can do forzandos you can do forte piano are these orchestral instruments primarily or yeah everything they're they're mostly orchestra instruments but they have it solo violin group violins you have three violins then you have 14 violins you have 10 violins you have all these things how much does this cost if you were to buy the entire entire program it'd probably be close to maybe 20 grand or something. Wow. But you can buy small segments. I have a very small segment, and it costs about about two grand or something like that, um, the special edition. Um, it's it's amazing, though, what you can do with it. You can make it sound very, very real, adding some reverb, and then you know, then you put real instruments on top. So I try and, try and layer as many live instruments as I can, yeah. but, you know, with a small budget, yeah. it's, not, it's not feasible. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, that's it's cool. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I that's something. I, as I was listening to these tracks, I was remarking the drums. I mean, they they sound kind of can, but they sound like they were played real. So it's, I pre, I guess I pretty much got what you guys do. Yeah. You know, you play them, but they are played. You know, via samples. Yeah, we've got we've gotten better. That's that's a few years ago, but as yeah. as you start listening to newer newer stuff, we do it. We start fooling people more because you know we invest more. Yeah. We get better samples, and we learn how to use what we have more to. Yeah. To make it better. And boy, I tell you, man, we uh, one of the artists we had in here just a couple of weeks ago, John Hoskinson, uh, a guy I know out here, he's a great songwriter. He has this guy who does you know that kind of orchestration on his tracks, and he did this. It's the most amazing thing. You would never ever know in a million years that this wasn't a real orchestra playing in his you know on this track. I mean, it blew me away. And when he got it back, he said he almost fell off his chair. He couldn't believe it too. Yeah. Um so let's uh you know, tell me you know you do theater stuff, you know, you're on stage from time to time. You have an agent, is that correct? I do. And yeah, I'm with stage 9. Yeah. So you this 9 is a reoccurring theme. <laughs> it is. Number I guess nine. so. Look at that. Yeah. And so uh, this is you still get acting gigs from time to time, right? Do you do any commercial work or is I this do all com- stage stuff? Yeah, I do commercials and I do uh, some stage stuff and you know, I, I don't do as many commercials as before, but um, I did actually sing in a commercial recently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I sang the guy parts and the girl parts because they wanted the actual actors to do it, but some of the girls, they weren't very good. So <laughs> so I ended up singing wow, girls man. in falsetto. It was hilarious. It was like just, I said, you are a chameleon. You're like the, you're crazy, like the musical renaissance, man. You do everything, and that's, that's, I, that's awesome. It's fun, yeah. 
So let's see now. This let's talk a little bit about this this Santasia show that you've been working on. How many years now is this? It's second, third, fourth year. No man, we last year was our eleventh eleventh year. year. Boy, 11th am I off? Year, yeah. And we're doing it again. Apparently, we, this we is, already have a date to open this year. And, I, and this is a show that's kind of like a not bad Santa, but kind of like uh, well, maybe you should just tell me. Like, tell me what it is. Uh, Wow, that's everybody always asks what it is. It's hard. It's a comedy show. It started off. This is live theater. It's live theater. It started off as improv in um, in Chicago at Improv Olympic. Uh, it transferred over to here. A couple brothers, the Lozier brothers, Sean and Brandon Lozier, and they started this show. And it's called Santasia. And and there are six guys in the show, sometimes seven, usually six guys. And you just. The whole purpose of the show is really just to entertain people and have a good time in the holidays. There's yeah. not, there aren't a lot it's of a lot, shows. It's a in stressful LA. time. Yeah, people need to blow off some steam. Yeah, so you come into the theater, you get some beer, you get some hot apple cider, you get some wine, you get some Christmas cookies. It's cinnamon. You can bring it into the theater with you, and it's a live show, and um, it's just. It's so hard to explain. It's yeah. a multimedia show. We have live skits. We do live musical numbers. We do parodies. We do movie parodies. We do yeah. previews. We do commercials. And it's nonstop going, and, and, and it's been going on for so long that we have a cult following, and we sell out, and people come back year after year, yeah. and it's an ever-changing show. How much are tickets? Tickets this year, if you buy them in advance, I think are maybe 20 bucks. Yeah. If you go online, go to Santasia.com. They're not on sale yet. But, of course, um, but, but Christmas, yeah, we, as we always know, is right around the corner. Yeah, and it it's it sells out pretty fast, and um, it, and it runs for what two or three weeks, maybe. It runs pretty much the month of December. Okay, I mean, it, how many shows a week? Uh, it depends. It changes. It's, it's also changes. So the first weekend's usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The second week is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes we had a couple Sunday matinees, and then leading up to Christmas, we just pile on the show. So depending on the calendar. You know, every year is a little different. So let's hear a little bit of this, and we'll probably, maybe we'll talk a little bit over this as well. This is Chrissy's Lament, which is something, uh, you, you arranged this, you, what did you do? Are you, you're yeah. acting in this too, are you not? Uh, well, I thought, did I not hear your voice in here somewhere when I was my, listening to this? Yeah, what happens is, this is Chrissy's Lament. Chrissy is a, a recurring character in the show, and she's a little girl, and she's played in, in drag by Brandon Lozier. So Chrissy's played by a guy. All right, but, so let's, uh, let's fire it up and we'll, we'll kind of yeah. talk over while it's happening because I want to make sure people get a little taste okay. of this. So let's roll with this. This is Chrissy's Lament, and you can keep these open. We'll talk about this a little bit. So go ahead and roll this. All right, this was recorded live a couple years ago. Okay. And she's in line. Let's, let's, let's listen just a little bit. I want to get pe- let's, let's just bring it up just a little bit. I want to kind of give people a taste, and then we'll kind of talk. I want to give people a point of reference as to what this is about. So. Okay. Okay, so this is a this is a guy in drag playing. This is a guy, yeah, playing a little girl, and um, she's in line uh, to see Santa. There's a whole bunch of people, and she keeps getting pushed to the end of the line. She wants to see Santa, and this is kind of her fantasy. The only every, the only thing she wants is an easy bake oven. That's the thing she's wanted her whole life. And it's a recurring theme. And so this is all in her head. And while she's doing this, all the other mean guys in line are kind of become her background dancers. I like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So I wrote this song with Lon Gowan, who's in the show, uh-huh. and then Julie Dolan, who's not in the show, but she helps out a lot. You hear her voice. And I'm not personally in the number. You don't see me, but you hear my voice. I'm Santa's helper okay. at the yeah at the end, but... 
basically it's all this Jesus trying to and you wrote do you write all the music for Santasia? Uh, I write a lot of the music or we do parodies. Okay, so yeah with Yeah, it you hear the audience laughing. I'm it's, telling you people go see the show. It's, it's a journey esque power ballad It is I did I made it very 70s ish on purpose because it, it follows from a parody, we, a chorus line parody we're doing. Uh-huh. So I kind of wanted to keep that. So we kind of just make it like that. Yeah, With all yeah. the lights and the dancing, it's it's ridiculous. People love it. And our choreographer is Tanya Person Lozier. She made this number gold because yeah. I wrote it and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of funny, whatever. It's it's sweet. Yeah. But, but when she does it, it becomes hilarious. So what she did with it's, it was great. It's, it reminds me of those Christopher Guest movies like uh, like A Mighty Wind or yeah. uh, what was the, the the theater one, the best one? Oh, Guffman. Guffman, Waiting for yeah. Guffman, where like it's funny. You watch these and they're, they're parody songs or they're not, I guess they're not parody, but they're, they're funny songs. They're parodying musical theater or just theater in general. Yeah. But they're so well constructed that if you forget for just a second that they're making a parody and making fun of something, it actually functions as functional musical theater music. Yeah. It's like it's so well done. It's the same way for the folksmen in the, the Mighty Wind. I mean, like it, every, every now and again, one of those tracks will come up on my iPod and I'll just be like, oh, wow, that sounds like, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary, or whatever from yeah. that era, and it's 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 uh, Eugene Levy and uh, what's her butt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, I can't think of her name. She's in Home Alone. Yeah. Every week this happens. Something I, comes up. We uh, can't think uh, of the name. She's Canadian. Yeah, and she's also in um, in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, she's in tons of movies. Anyway, we yeah. love her wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we love you so much. We can't. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, but I think that's the secret to making a really good parody. Is you make it so good that it can, it's it's indistinguishable the from the good. real thing. It's kind of like Spinal Tap. Those guys are really playing those instruments, and they're great. They're like yeah. the great '80s rock and roll, and that's why it's funny because they're really good. If they were yeah. terrible, it just wouldn't be that funny. Yeah, it wouldn't. So hold that's water. what we try and do in Santasia. We we try and get the quality so high, and if you were to see it, you'd. I mean, we do. We have all the leading stunt guys. We got people on fire in our films. We got people doing falling. I mean, massive falls, awful roofs. What uh, do you do at the same theater? Pretty much, we do it at the same theater. It's at the White Fire Theater. Every well, it has been for the past five years, and we'll be there again this year. Where, and where is that? Is that what part of town is that? That is in Sherman Oaks. Beautiful Sherman Oaks. Beautiful Sherman Oaks. It's on Ventura Boulevard between Coldwater and Woodman. All right, and, well, look uh, for that this holiday season, Santasia season twelve, season yeah, eleven, I guess or so. so. Season twelve. Yeah. Just go to santasia.com and. And we're, Check it out. Now, at one point we were talking, were, were you in negotiations with, was it HBO or someone to do something else with this? Is that kind of out there in the ether somewhere? Uh, that, I can't talk about that yet, but there are some things in the works. Of okay, so that's a some, maybe. Yeah. That's cool. I, there are some things that I'm not allowed to talk about. And that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, the fact that you can't talk about them means that there's something worth talking about. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, so, let's keep our fingers crossed. Indeed. Well, the best of luck to you and Thanks. that. So uh, I'm going to leave you with this. We're going to wrap up here. This has been a really, really wonderful chat. I can't thank you enough for coming down to the studios all the way over here in Pasadena to be on Independence Day. We're on every week. We bring in people to talk about the music business, and you're such a great example of someone who is in the music business. You make your living in the music business, doing all kinds of different things, and you, hopefully you've given our listeners kind of an idea of like the types of different ways and avenues that you can make music. Any any advice for the youngsters if they're trying to come up behind you? And I mean, I don't mean in terms of stealing your job, but like someone who's starting out in the business, what should they do? What's their biggest thing? Um, I would say, well, whatever you want to do, do what you love. 
period, because if you don't love it, there's no point in doing it. You're going to struggle no matter what you do. So make sure you love it. Yeah, everything's and, hard. Yeah. And two, learn the language of whatever you're going to do. If you're going to be a doctor, you need to learn the language of medicine. You're going to be a lawyer, you need to learn the language of law. If you're going to be a musician, you need to learn the language of music. There are a lot of musicians that just play guitar in a band and they want to be famous, but they don't really bother to learn keys or scales or understand counter rhythms or counter melodies or they don't even know what a canon is. So I would say educate yourself as much as you can. The more you know, the better The better you're going to do. I can play so many styles of music because I listen to and I learn and I get hired a lot for gigs because of that. Yeah. So, I mean... It makes you more bankable. makes you more bankable and, you know, then you can make a living doing things because it's hard to just do one thing. I don't do one thing. I do lots of things in the field of music, and but it's all in the field of music, so I'm happy. You yeah. Know? And now the tax time's coming up. Do you, I mean, do you do your own stuff? I mean, it seems like you, with all the different revenue streams you have, it seems like your taxes might be kind of a complicated endeavor. Do yeah. You, do you have account. someone, you have an account who works yeah, for Yeah, I get a lot, I get lots of, I get paid from many different places. Yeah. So yeah, I have an accountant that takes care of that. So do you write off your bass strings? I, I write off everything. <laughs> I, I get, well, I get, uh, I have a couple endorsements and the strings definitely help. Really? And, yeah. Strings, I got, I have an endorsement with Rocktron and GHS, and I'll tell you, strings are like ink for, for printers. Totally. You know, you don't really get a big discount on printers, but the ink is what they jack up the price oh, of the right. phone. And you need it. Yeah. the guitar is useless without that printer, useless yeah, without so, the strings, useless, or the guitar, useless without the strings. Yeah, and I got lots of bases to strings, so GHS, thank you. Yeah, shout thank out you. to GHS. All right, so Omar, again, I can't thank you enough for coming in today and sharing like all the like awesome things you do in the music business, all the different ways you make money, um, your wide range of experience. You were an excellent guest. I can't thank you enough. Thanks, man. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, before we go real fast, I mean, every week we try to kind of tie in the out music with something that means something to somebody or, you know, or in terms of me or you or music you might be embarrassed to, to admit that you listen to. When we were talking about this earlier, we came up with a track from The Little Mermaid. Tell me, tell me why we're yeah. about to play this as our out music so we can get out of here. Okay. I think Will's laughing, our engineer. Uh, basically what happened was... When The Little Mermaid was coming out, I, I liked this girl named Jen Robinson. And she's, I don't know where she is now, but it was in Illinois, Wheaton, Illinois. And uh, so I wanted to ask her out on a date. So I asked her out. I was like, was six, this like high school? Yeah, I was 16. And there was a group of us that always hung out. So I asked her out and I dressed up, but not too much, just a little. So it looked like, yeah, I made a little effort, but didn't want to seem like a date. Just like a turtleneck and a sweater? Not a turtleneck. No, I'm not a turtleneck guy. But but yeah, a nice shirt, you know, whatever. Did you tuck? I did tuck and I, with a belt. Oh, was it a braided leather belt? That's my favorite. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, I'm anyway, so I pick her up and she looked really good. So I'm like, yeah, oh, she got dressed up great. So I chose the movie The Little Mermaid, not because I wanted to see it, but because I figured she would think I was Mr. Sensitive or, and you know, and that was, know. that was like the Disney cartoon Renaissance. They hadn't done anything really big in a while when that movie came out. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of a big deal. So exactly. So I figured that might get me an in. So I went to go see it and I'm watching this movie and I was blown away. And this is the movie. When I saw it, I realized that's, this is what I want to do. I want to write for musical theater. I want to do scores. It was amazing. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I remember when Under the Sea came on, it, it just blew me away. It's like the big, big number yeah, for the whole thing. It was awesome. And, and uh, after the movie, I was talking about it and I pretty much, she was not happy. I didn't give her enough attention. She never went out with me again. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, Ms. Robinson. Or she's probably married Mrs. by Mrs. Robinson. And here you are in Los Angeles wearing your skivvies to work and, you know, making, making, making bread, making music and doing what you love, which is what we've been talking about this yeah. whole show. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you, Omar. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, man. So next week on Independence Day, I'll talk with the illustrious Mason, who is a musician, another Renaissance man. He's a booking agent. We're going to spend the hour talking about what it takes to make a scene. He was involved in the scene at Tex, T-A-I-X, in Silver Lake, Echo Park. I uh, had a really cool thing going there for a while, and I'm sad to see it's gone. But uh, we'll talk to him what it takes to foster a scene in an area. So thanks again to Omar D. Brancato. Also, the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and to Valentino Rivera, and extra special thanks tonight to engineer Will Beeston from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another. Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there. That is a big mistake. Just look at the